What's up, world, and welcome back to the Vibes and Stuff Podcast, where hip hop heads discuss hip hop topics. On today's show, we'll first cover a couple of news nuggets, such as the relationship between Jesus and Hero falling apart at the end of their show and podcast. We'll discuss what rappers we feel are the best currently when it comes to delivering gas first. Then we'll dive into our Lyricist Lounge appreciation discussion. We'll discuss our first exposure to the Lyricist Lounge brand. And we'll do our own Lyricist Lounge song draft. Pick out the best songs from either compilation and Then for our album face-off, we'll be putting Monkey Bars by Sean Price against Old to the Ghetto by Guilty Simpson and weigh in on which album we felt was better and why. And then who will share what they've been buying for the week. So with that, please kick back and enjoy the show. Yo. What up? Let's Man, go. what's going on? Shout out here. New season, new topics, new energy. Indeed, indeed. You got your little mans up there all, all summered out. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. You couldn't, couldn't stand them shades, though. Oh, word? Yeah. No, no, he ain't got, no, like got no style. He just a... a, a <laughs> he's a jerk when he want to be, basically. <laughs> he just didn't He just didn't want them because I wanted him to wear them. <laughs> you say he a jerk when he want to be. That sounds like somebody I know. <laughs> I, can't, I can't be mad at him. I really can't. Oh man, yeah, a lot, a lot, lot, lots happened uh, since uh, we last uh, recorded. Man, uh, Supreme man. Court losing their mind, uh, mass shootings of, of every kind, and just uh, COVID's trying to make a comeback. Monkeypox is breaking loose. I haven't even really paid much attention to that. So, what's the deal with monkeypox? Um, all I heard is that who declared uh, the World Health Organization declared a a, you know a state of emergency it's not at like pandemic levels and nothing like that but like uh you know I, it's, it's out there it's out here in these streets you know i i hear that it's transferred for the most part sexually oh, okay you know amongst men uh so oh. you know i ain't really you know i ain't really you know worried about it too much i just hope it doesn't you know, make a leap or something. The virus decides to be like, ah, I'm gonna I'm f with these niggas over here. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, as oh, as viruses so. tend to do, right? Because um, being that I have eczema and I've had chicken pox, it, it could potentially kill me if I get it. So. Word, wow, indeed. I had no idea it was that serious. It can be. It can be. I, I don't. I don't want to sound alarmist, but sure. You know, it can be. It can't be. But man, <laughs> thank goodness for neighbors though, man. I I'm I been meaning to share this story. Like like the other day my wife uh her doorbell rang and she she ran over to see who it was and opened the door and it was this uh, a gentleman there, a, a tall young man with dreadlocks, uh with with a package. And I guess our one of our packages got delivered to his house with an identical address but on the on the next street over uh forest and um he was on the phone simultaneously when he was talking to my wife 
and he handed her the package like, yeah, mailman made a mistake. I just wanted to run your package over here. And we, and we was like, oh man, thank you. Now he's on the phone. Like he got the other other hand, he's got his phone up to his ear. Yeah. And he's talking to somebody after he hands the package over and we thank him. He goes, uh, yeah, mother F, I got your message. He was like, he was like, like I'm on my way back to the crib now to get the chopper. We gonna air all them out. Whoa! <laughs> I was like, ah. <laughs> At least his mom raised him right. You know, he's he's right. returning my mail when it's been delivered to his home by mistake. So I can't I can't complain about. <laughs> about that too much <laughs> nah i mean you know that sounded like a business arrangement that needed to be handled but he he was he was doing the neighborly thing first <laughs> right first things first <laughs> that's funny oh man life in roseland right right he got his mind right though he got his mind right which means he's probably been shopping at osomedicinal.com an online apothecary that uh sells all types of cool organic products teas uh tinctures salves balms uh just just anything for, for health and wellness uh on that organic tip that you might want also medicinal.com check them out yes indeed, yes, indeed. all right <clears throat> so man i don't know who else is joining us tonight it, it, it might be a skeleton crew tonight but uh real quick man one of the things i wanted to dive into I didn't even know this was a uh, what am I trying to say a award or a recognition that they gave out but I guess every so often there's this hip hop uh, platform that awards the rapper with the largest vocabulary uh, which I think is a pretty cool hip hop nerdy thing to do you know what I mean we uh, we talk all the time about MCs you know being lyrical and this, this, that, and the other, but it's nice to actually recognize the 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 ones who put in that work, you know, and in terms of their lyrics and their vocabulary and not dumbing stuff down. So there's a new rapper who's been crowned with the largest vocabulary. Uh, you want to take a guess at who it is? Logic. No. Thank goodness. No. It's hmm. actually a black rapper. That shocks me. Like, I'm blown away by that. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like not even not even being, you know, silly about it. Like, I'm I'm shocked because it sounds like a uh, a guest type of uh <laughs> award, which I, I'm I'm here for it. I'm definitely now, here for it. But it now to your point, previously it I think the crown went to it was a tie, honestly, between Aesop Rock and Buzz Driver. They were both tied at 6,425 unique words that they used in their, their lyrics or whatever. <clears throat> All right, so you said it's a black rapper. I'm going to go with Locksmith. Close. Close. He is from the West Coast. It's actually Micah Nine from Freestyle Fellowship. Huh. They've been around long enough, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he he's been putting in work for, for thirty years. So, Word. Um, I was I was I was not surprised that it was him. I was more surprised at who it wasn't. Because mm. like you, I thought it was gonna go to a guest. You know what I mean? Who just yeah, you know, no, you know, reads the dictionary a lot. But um, yeah, Mike and Nine, a freestyle fellowship. I keep telling niggas, man, they sleeping on freestyle fellowship, like. 
like they were a really really dope crew man back in the day and they were doing stuff that like nobody else was doing in hip-hop you know let alone on the on the west coast so i might have to put them in like a, a, a album face off or something soon because you know their, their, their catalog is definitely worth checking out and um I don't you know, even know who would be a worthy opponent though, like like by way of crew. Like who who kind of moves I, like that? I could think of some um hieroglyphics, um diggable. Yeah. Um I think diggable could hold up. Um Souls of Mischief. Yeah, West Coast. I guess I was thinking the East West thing. Oh, I see what you, what you're saying. Man. But I guess that makes sense. Like it is a lot of of their uh their offspring basically. Like that would make sense to me. We talking souls of mischief and Hyro and all them. Like they they, they was birthed out of uh, out of uh, freestyle fellowship. Yeah, yeah, they were they were the foundation, you know. Um, so, you know, they the the thing with them is that they were out the time that they were like really active. Like groups like Tribe, De La, like were kind of like the top groups at the time. So they kind of fit that aesthetic but not really like like they were really doing some different stuff you know what i'm saying it wasn't as radio friendly or as accessible as like the, a lot of the native tongue stuff but it was it was definitely like high-end hip-hop i would say for sure but i think i think their biggest fault was that they came out like at the wrong time i think they kind of came out six or seven years too early to be quite honest I don't disagree. You know, I don't disagree because the game kind of changed. I mean, look at what we're talking about tonight. Like about six years later. Yep. Yep. So yeah, but but yeah, but props to Mike and Nine, man. I think that was uh that was dope. And Mike and Nine too, as an MC, as a solo MC, is dope as well. So you know, he's he's got a lot of material out there, so you kind of gotta sift through some stuff to get to the quality. But but man, he's 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 definitely got some good stuff. But uh, in other news, man, I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if this even made a blip on your radar. The Desus and Muro show is calling it uh, quits uh, after four seasons at Showtime, and also their Bodega Boys podcast is uh, calling it quits. The two had an unfortunate falling out and. It dissolved the business relationship as well. Did this? Did this? Did you have any thoughts on, on their breakup and the show ending and all of that? Does this? Were you fans of them at all? I, I was. Um, I can't say that I, I like check them out every week, but I, I rock with what they do, and I think they were they were trendsetting in a lot of ways, like more than people realize. Their influence on you know the media scape is is probably bigger than what people give credit to because. If you look at their format and just being wild casual and allowing their personalities to come through, like you really didn't get that um, on any sort of like TV shows. Like like on on a late night show, it was it was not that you get late night TV was you know Johnny Carson down to to Leno and now you got your, the, the the Jimmys and. Um, Seth Meyers and all them, but they all kind of follow the same format. These and Mero, not that. <laughs> Definitely not that, but I think it, 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 it allowed for things like um, the shop, 
you know what I'm saying, that, that LeBron does. And in a podcasting space, you know, like the, like a, all the smoke, like what nobody certainly uh, advocating for weed on TV like that. They was just, you know, token yeah. <laughs> on set. And, and, and it wasn't it wasn't like that. This is this is well before it was, you know, legalized and, and as extensively as it has. So they were very much trendsetters. Um, just from being, I'm sure some exagger- exaggerated version, but just being themselves and allowing that to be the brand. Yep, yep, I, I, I agree, man. Yeah, I, I was fans of them as well. They were one of those shows I kind of saw as a blueprint for my own platform. But uh, what made them so cool was that, yeah, they, they I felt like they were revolutionizing like late night talk shows. Like, mm-hmm. as you pointed out, you know it's been run for decades by white guys in suits and there's two dudes from new york from the bronx you know who talk like they from the bronx and, and kind of let it rip and you know come what may you know they yeah we just gonna make fun of goofy stuff off the internet today or you know we're gonna be you know it just just r- really irreverent in our in our humor and our behavior and you know and people tune in for that there's a market for that you know, and, and they were, I think they were generally funny dudes. They, you know, they were clearly genuine New Yorkers. Um, so, yeah, it kind of sucks. It kind of sucks that they, uh, that they are uh, going to be going away. You know, you know, I think I heard some stuff about one of them kind of wants to do some other stuff. And, you know, uh, but I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be a strong solo as they were ever were together. Right. Right. That's that's my fear like it rarely goes that way and unless it was a situation where you could see like clearly where one is outshining the other or one is outshining the uh collective you can say okay that person is gonna you know outgrow with whatever this is and i never really got that sense from them it was decent and marrow right it was never um one without the other like i agree i don't think i don't think they're gonna find the same success and we could be wrong. I, w- I would be happy to be proven wrong on that front. Like, I would hope they would both do well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to tell, you know. I remember seeing Miro when I saw that movie, uh, Vampires versus the Bronx. And um, he was in it playing a, you know, a bodega shop owner or whatever. And he, he actually did a pretty good job. I mean, the, the, again, the role was basically written for him. Um, right. But yeah, he did a good job. I was like, okay, I, I can kind of see this guy in other movies, you know, doing his thing. But you know, I'm I'm also aware that he got like what five or six kids to feed too. So who who knows what what moves he was trying to make? Who knows what you know Jesus wanted to do? But I hope it's not a situation where one of them is super successful by themselves and then you never hear from the other one, kind of like Key and Peele. I I've heard people make that comparison before. I don't think that's accurate though. I think they both are. Those two are both pretty pretty successful. It's just Jordan Peele is in a in a whole other stratosphere. But Keegan Michael Key is he he, he getting his, he getting his bread. Like he is he? staying something. Oh yeah, he's staying a, a TV show or commercial or something. Dude getting work. He on some like Illuminati uh, Netflix show right now. Oh, okay, okay. You on there with uh, Mike Myers, I think. Oh wait, you talking about that animated show? Nah, it's it's uh, live action. Oh, okay. I didn't know about that. 
I did not know about that. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, hey, props to him. You know, yeah, he's like the male Rashida Jones. Any anytime there's a call for <laughs> a ra- racially ambiguous dude, he's <laughs> he's there to take the call. Oh man, put some respect on Rashida's name. I mean, I, listen, Rashida, <laughs> bad, but it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. That, that those are those are the roles she take with a name like Rashida. It's hilarious. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, that's all right, Rashida. We still love you <laughs> all day. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, all right. So, uh, let's dive into our first little segment for tonight, man, which is a mailbag question. Mailbag question, man. What three rappers would you say is kind of like the holy trinity right now when it comes to just guest verses? Now, as of recently, we kind of had a discussion on the top 10 rappers of 2022 so far. And quite a few of those rappers on that list, I remember the rationale a lot of people on the podcast gave, or a couple people on the podcast gave, as to why they were on the list was strong guest appearances. Um, Some I agreed with, some I didn't. But how do you see it, Jamil? Is there a kind of go-to list, short list of rappers who are just going to give you a fire guest first right now in 2022 that are kind of like batting a thousand? I mean, and you can include performances from previous years recently, you know, and kind of, uh, you know, if you, if you want to include that in your assessment. I'm not talking like reaching back to like live from the barbecue and being like, nah, this is one of the best guest appearances. Like, right. But but something recent. So I got a couple of like legacy acts like a Nas, but not, not exactly that because they both have had recent verses. And I think that when they do show up, it's, it's murder. It's curtains. They just don't do it often. So my honorable mentions would be, um, Dre 3000 and uh, Miss Marvin Hill. Like when they when they do show up, you're going to get a fire verse. And they both recently dropped guest appearances and, and, and slaughtered in both cases. Um, okay. But my actual list of people who are like, you know, putting in a lot of work, work for real, for real right now, I would say Black Thought. He's going to murder it every time he shows up. Um, you better eat your Wheaties. J. Cole um, His feature game lately has been incredible Hmm And the third one I was struggling with Because this is not really my guy But he's been Like the feature game lately He he, he really hasn't missed In the last few years I would always say Um Wayne Hmm Okay All right you actually have two of the three that I have on my list. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> so I have uh, on my list top three MCs as far as guest appearances. I actually have Stove God Cooks. Mm. And I even wrote down some reference tracks um, right now on West Side Guns, Hitler Wears Hermans 8, Run It Up. Which was like some DJ Trackmasters track he did not too long ago. 
Um, you can find it on YouTube or Spotify, or whatever. Uh, it's called Run It Up. It's an awesome, awesome song. Um, and all the guest appearances he did on Peace Fly Guy on the new uh, West Side Gun album. Like, and I know I'm I'm leaving some stuff out, but like he is just like a super consistent dude. Like, of course he raps about selling drugs to the community, and uh, he, you know the 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 technique in which he whips his coke around. You know to get it right, right. To get make sure it's nice and high quality. You know, he's just, yeah, he's just infatuated with describing that stuff. And like, I, I'm, I'm here for it, man. I, I have not gotten tired of it yet. But yeah, check out those tracks right now. Run it up. And um, basically anything he did on Peace Fly Guy. Then I too have Lil Wayne. It's weird, man. It's like, I've, I've I'm not going to say I've come full circle on Lil Wayne, but like, you know, when he came out, when he first surfaced, he was in, you know, he was still a teenager. It was like, I kind of saw him as a gimmick rapper. And then as he started getting older and more mature in the game and he, his style changed all of a sudden, like around Carter one, Carter two, it was like, okay, I hear some talent here, but eh, I can't really get used to his voice. I, I think the hype around him is wildly overstated, you know, and it was the hype around him that made me kind of not like him. Right. You know, um, in addition to just me hearing some of the, I don't know if they were, these were bad examples of these songs I heard from him that just didn't move me. Uh, but those but, are the ones that people were hyping too. Like they would give you the weak as far as possible to try to explain their position. Like, this, yeah. this is not it. Yeah. Like real G's moving silence like lasagna. That was clever, but really this is <laughs> this, this is your king right 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 but but you know over time man he's i and but I, I would hear a little guest appearances you know peppered in here and there over i would say the last 15 years from him that made me go okay yeah this dude actually got some talent you know like yeah. over the right beat you know and surrounded by the right people like this dude really can can really shine but the, the tracks, the reference tracks, I'm, I have jotted down for Lil Wayne is the root of all feet with Slick Rick, off the new DJ Premier EP, mm-hmm. um, Hot Wind Blows with Tyler the Creator, and Bash Money with Westside Gun. That's the one. That was the one for me that that probably solidified it because I had said a couple times that he, you know his feature game stepped up and that was it like. He, <laughs> he ripped that one apart and that's not even his kind of like production normally you know he got a lot more high energy beats that he deal with and right, came through, right he came through on that one yeah yeah that's the thing like when he's when he's rapping over like you know more sample heavy soulful stuff and, or even boom bap stuff like on the DJ Premier album like yeah dude can actually rap you know yeah. and it's like bro you should have been reaching out to some of these producers years ago like because you know you got as much clout as Lil Wayne it's like there's gonna be no shortage of producers who want to work with you right you know I, I would I would kind of be anxious to hear a Lil Wayne Static Selecta uh, album at this point that'd be interesting you know um, that'd be interesting yeah I wonder if he's gonna do more of that moving forward like, oh, so at, this, at this stage in his career will he just start to uh, 
I guess the best word I can think of is challenge himself a little more with that. Because he made all the money. You know what I'm saying? He made all the money. And I think that, um, you know, he's, he's shown that he's certainly a capable MC when he want to be. So if you can put him in the right situations, why not? You know, what is there what is there to lose at this point? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, why not? I mean, then to my to my unless I, I I I'm wrong, he still get money off Nikki and Drake, right? Or is I think that Nikki? I think Nikki. I don't know about Drake. I think Drake's deal might be up. Okay, okay, okay. But I mean, hey, whatever they were bringing in, I'm sure it was a it was a crap ton of money, you know. But uh, hey, I don't know what his overhead is. But it's like, yeah, in doses too. It's like, yeah, I his voice works you know what i mean and the, yeah. depending on, on what he's rapping about like and when he's not being and for lack of a better word too serious it's like yeah it's actually enjoyable <clears throat> but uh, i too i too have black thought i mean hey no explanation needed there most people listen to this show know what's up with black thought the 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 tracks the most notable features he's done recently was father figure uh, with Toby Nguigwe, uh, Momentum with Russ, Pravda with uh, Yoro Droog, the Frequency track he did with Blackstar this year, uh, Black Renaissance with Sarok, uh, Ishka Bibbles with Westside Gun, Noir. I don't know if you heard, heard that track, the Adrian Young track he did. What was it on? Man, I want to say it was on some sort of Adrian Young EP or something. But okay. it's. Nah, I didn't hear it, man. Okay. Oh man, Noir is like a, a awesome track. It's I think it was supposed to be a soundtrack for some play or something. Okay. Okay. But, uh, that sounds about right. He does like a lot of compositions. Yeah. Adrian Young is dope. Just side note. Like, he is. He's incredible. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. And his name don't come up enough. You know, he's he's yeah, you're right cuz he's more he's more like jazzy and like he's more hip-hop adjacent you know he he's only going to collab with certain hip-hop artists you know but right but um, for the most part he's going to kind of stay in that like jazzy bluesy lane that he's established for himself and then of course education the track black dog did with freddie gibbs crowns for kings with benny the butcher uh what else what else the imperial with static selector like the healing birds off oh yeah birds off you yeah with joey b and raekwon oh man like yeah man he's been putting in work man he's been putting in work like uh like, I, I just why people still kind of front on him i i don't know who who's doing that though like you could say that this is not your your cup of tea i get that but the man is undeniable at this point there's a there's a reluctance. I, I feel like there's a reluctance to acknowledge him. I think he's like one of those people that like everybody sees what he's doing. Everybody knows he's cold, but like won't nobody, hardly anybody, like get on a track with him. The only people That's for a different wanna, reason though want to get on a track with him is like other lyrical artists in his vein, like you know Black Star or, or Toby Nguigwe or Royce the Five Nine or Saw Rock or Westside Gun. He don't care who he get on the track with, <laughs> as long as it sounds right. good at right. the end of the day. But like, yeah, this, this I don't know. It seems to be kind of a reluctance, like or at least on the mainstream stage, to kind of acknowledge him or work with him. 
Cause he gonna smoke him and they know that. Yeah, yeah. But everybody gotta know, like there's a chance of somebody smoking you. You know what I mean? Like like you But you don't you don't invite, you know, Vince Carter to come play pick up with you. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, somebody might get me, but I know absolutely if he's showing up, I don't stand a chance here. Like this is I'm I'm good. Right? I'm good in, in my little local circles, but this dude is all world and I don't know if I can keep up. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think anytime you get on a track with anybody, there's there's a slight chance that like, hey man, he might really bring some fire and niggas might forget about me. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you know, right. it happens. You know, I think that I don't know. I, I think we need to do a show on like uh, uh murdering on your own track moments or something. Maybe we need to do that. I like that because I have a controversial take about somebody a lot of people's favorite MCs who that happens to that person often. Oh like okay. like like almost every time they on a posse cut they get washed. Ah uh, I, I, I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about. What's up Reggie? What's going on? What's, What's good? On? What's up Rodney? Y'all hear me? Yep, yep, well you hear me. Alright, what up? What, what what what's good? What's good, y'all? What's good? What's good? Rodney, man, with the surprise visit on the season fourteen premiere, man. Well, you know, I missed the whole season. Uh, what seventeen <laughs> that you was doing? Let me see. Oh, I had to come. Thirteen. You know, I had to reverse back and do thirteen. <laughs> right, right. What up, Reg? What up, Jamil? What's happening? What was going? So I, I'm actually glad y'all 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 popped in just at this time. We were we were discussing the mailbag question as far as like currently, what three rappers would make your short list as far as like the best MCs as far right now as far as just guest appearances. Now Jamil's list was I'm sorry, go do your list again, Jamil. My list was uh, Cole, Black Thought, and uh, Lil Wayne. Okay, and my list was Black Thought. Lil Wayne stole God cooks. So I'm a, I'm gonna turn the floor over to you all right now. Who are the best three MCs just as far as guest appearances? I'll let you go first, Red. Sorry to put y'all on the spot right away. No, it's all good. Uh, what what was y'all answers? Jamil had J Cole, Black Thought, and Lil Wayne. I had Stove God Cooks, Black Thought, and Lil Wayne. Oh. Interesting. Um, I'm struggling with my third. I, I I'm going to say I'm going to say Cole. I'm going to say Cole. I'm going to say Rick Ross. And I don't know for a third. Really, Rick Ross? Yeah, I think he does a great job on features, man. He seems to be the guy who gets the features to me. Like, yeah, let me think about this third person. I mean, I like y'all options. I mean, I like y'all choices. You know what I'm saying? I think Lil Wayne is doing his thing on on features. He don't always stay on topic to me. <laughs> um, you know, he just kind of be doing his own thing sometimes. He still murders it though. I mean, I, I like Black Thought. Um, but let me let me think about the third person for a minute. Okay, yeah, go ahead then. You, you can ponder it over. Uh, Rodney, I'll swing it over to you, man. What three MCs are the best as far as guest appearances? Uh, so I'm going off the top of my head. Am I, do I sound like I'm echoing? No. 
Well, I, definitely Black Thought. I agree on that 100%. And then I like Stove. I, I like Stove. I like Stove God better as a feature artist than listening to a whole album of him. So I have to go with Stove God. And then at, I'm with Reggie. That third one is tough. Um, but there's a few artists that come to mind. Like, like I, I would go even more newer, like more recent. Um, JID, uh, Jid, uh, he's done some really nice features on other people's stuff. But I wouldn't put him as my third. I, I, I got a third. I'm, I'm ready when y'all are. Okay, go ahead. You gave us two already. I, Give, give I, I mean, go ahead. I'm, I'm gonna go Andre. Okay, we discussed him. Yeah, we. Discussed. I mean, that's that's all we can get from him. So I'm. A, <laughs> you know, exactly. I, I, I think. Yeah, you know what, Reggie, you answered my third. Yeah, I'm go. I'm gonna go with three thousand two. He give you. He give you nothing but features. So. Yeah. On the feature he, when side, he come out, you know what I'm He go crazy. Um. Yeah. I was gonna say push it, but he don't do enough of them. Ooh, ooh. Um, yeah, you don't do a ton. But of yeah, I like Andre. Yeah, okay, I definitely had him written down. Uh, I'm surprised nobody said two chains. Mm-hmm. You know what? I like two chains, but he another one that he can kind of get off topic, and then he's not the best rapper. He's like not. That. He's not. But he, when invited onto a track, he seems to always understand the assignment. <laughs> And deliver, Reg. You don't like uh, horsepower, horsepower. All this polo on, I got horsepower. No, like <laughs> that's his element. I can, I can go with that all day long. But sometimes, sometimes when I've, I've, I've seen him in a lot of occasions where he's he's risen to the occasion. But I feel like if he can give me that in those instances, I would like to see that more out of him in those spaces and sometimes i feel like he just give you what like he just give you what he's known for yeah it's just like you know he gives you what's easy to him Mm -hmm. when like i've heard him you know what i'm saying going something and you be almost shocked that it's him i was gonna say currency but he don't do enough about it let me get this correct let me get this correct are we talking about all time or are we talking about recent he no, said just recent. Just recent. Okay, okay. All right. Like right now, like if you 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 was doing an album and you had a budget for three features, what you know, what three features artists would you choose? Yeah, I I would yeah, I would go with one of them. I mean, and Benny, Benny the Butcher's been featuring on people's stuff. You know what? High. Benny would be a good option. He would be a good option. Yeah, and you said most recent, so I so I tell you what, I'm gonna take Andre out because he hasn't done nothing. He did Kanye. Yeah, all right, life of the party. Yeah, but that was we what? That's that was was that a year ago? Year that was last year. Okay, so that was a year ago. But I mean, you know, again, since then is what was in between that. Whereas at least like recently, the, the people cave. that we said, you know, what I'm saying Black Thought has been on a, several tracks since then. J. Cole has been on several tracks since then. You know what I mean? I I would that's on top of the album. You know, right. so I would I would say I would, I'm gonna go ahead and say Benny then. I'm gonna go ahead and say Benny. Rick Ross would be a close, you know, third, fourth, 
would you well, yeah, put ran- would you too. would you consider ransom? Uh, you know what? I I like ransom. I like ransom. Um, but I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna get that to him though. Okay. He he don't get on enough uh, the, the the caliber of tracks that he's on with people that I don't think um, meets the standard. Okay. Okay. If what about you? Sense. What about Jay Electronica? <laughs> Jay Electronica. He's done a couple of features it. recently that were decent. They weren't anything like what he used to put down, but they were decent. Okay. You know, he just hit and miss with me. I like him. You know what I'm saying? He just hit and miss. Right, right. Okay, then. Too, All right. He too inside book for me, man. I'm, I'm good. I'm, <laughs> tripping when he's Jacep Yeah, Jacep Tuigen. Jacep Yeah, he be going, he be on another level too. Like, you know, that's why, you know, that's, that's why I like, uh, I like Black Thought, but that's why I didn't really put him in my 45. Sometimes like, it's like, man, I, I love the lyrics in them, but I, sometimes I don't be wanting to pull out the dictionary on everything with a sword. <laughs> <laughs> to figure out like what would that metaphor really meant like you gotta you just gotta stay well read man stay well read and you you won't have clearly. to pull out the dictionary clearly dude i'm i'm just an idiot say <laughs> like, man i gotta start reading books again but yeah that was a question i wanted to just pose to the group you know it seems to be a lot of mcs right now who are really you know doing their thing and, and features is part of that you know and, and you know, there's a couple others we didn't talk about, like Flea Lord, Royce the Five Nine, um, Sci High, but uh, but yeah, yeah. Honestly, you know. Hey, I mean, just the goat. Wait, what'd you say, Jamil? So we also left off the goat. Who, little baby? Little baby. <laughs> oh, little baby. And little baby do some great features though. Uh, hey, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I know he's not everybody taste, but honestly, honestly. Go ahead, Jamil. No, I'm saying he come through and he do his thing. Like I'm, I, I keep finding myself impressed with him, even though I'm probably never gonna buy an album. <laughs> I just feel like with Westside Gun, even though he drops like an album every month, right. it still sounds like a feature on all of his albums. Because that's what he's doing. He is making himself a feature on every album. So I think Westside Gun should be mentioned in the top three. Hmm. That's a fair uh, point. Well, I wait, see what you're getting at. You saying like he's a feature on his own stuff? It's yeah, I mean, like he, every album it feels like he's a feature. He orchestrates his albums like that though. Like he's never the front runner on tracks. Like he don't even go first. <laughs> like a lot of times, like right. if he's even no, on he just track. do his ad libs. Yeah, he, he might need ad libs. Do ad libs so. on the track. I mean, Westside Gun knows his strengths and his weaknesses, and he knows when he needs to step aside and let another MC shine over a particular beat. And I, I respect it. You know, like it, it, it the results. He, he's given us nothing but winning results with that, with that formula, with that approach. Right. Yeah, you know true. what I mean? Like, I don't walk away from a West Side Gun project going like, man, how come West Side didn't rap more? I'm like, man, the beats were fire. 
this MC was fire on that track. This this other MC was fire on this other track. It's like it's still a sat, very satisfying listening. Experience. But here's the thing: I'm not saying that as a not to West Side Gun as far as him sounding like a feature on all this tracks. I I like it. I I like the fact that he give other artists their room. It's just that shouldn't we count him as a feature since he goes that route? If he's actually a feature, but if it's his album, he ain't a feature. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I definitely understand where Rodney coming from. I mean, I make both make valid points. I, I think I don't know that I would go that route with, with adding him on there because those are his projects. But I understand where you're coming from. He kind of takes the the puffy approach to album, like it's his album, but. He's like Reggie said, he's orchestrating it. Um, he's more of a curator, so he's there, but he's there to present this project to you, not necessarily that he's here to, you know, wrap your ears off. Yeah. He's a tour he's a tour guide. Exactly, exactly. But um yeah, yeah, just something I wanted to a question I wanted to pose to y'all. But let's move right along, man, to our next. Uh, segment for the night our main topic for the night man the lyricist lounge is turning 30 years old um their creators um anthony marshall and danny castro they've done a little bit of a little media tour recently um i saw them on the lord jamar podcast talking about you know the inception of the lyricist lounge and how it came about they also did a feature on the breaking adams podcast you know talking about some some you know lesser known stories about the the lyricist lounge uh and i wanted to, to just do an appreciation discussion of the whole lyricist lounge brand you know which included you know the the actual showcase the tv show the albums and i wanted to ask you all what was um what was your first exposure to the Lyricist Lounge brand? What was it the TV show or the or the compilations or I know in the beginning they even used to sell mixtapes uh with Echo clothing. Do y'all remember that? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. They have some of those mixtapes, those original mixtapes posted on YouTube. Um that they oh, wow. used to bundle uh with the with, if you bought like an Echo shirt somewhere. Cause I remember they used to have them in street lingo. But um, what, what was y'all's first exposure to the Lyricist Lounge? I think it might have been one of those mixtapes. Um, and then I was like, I, I went back and listened to um, the album after that. Like I had an older cousin who used to put me on and stuff. And that was just one of the things. He was like, yo, you need to listen to this. Um, I'm trying to look up now to figure out what the name of that was. It was uh, Underground Airplay was the the, the mixtapes that they did with Echo. Correct, correct. Yeah, Underground Airplay. Yeah, that was that was probably my introduction to him. Okay, okay. What about you, Rodney? Uh, for me, I I was over my uh, father's house and I caught the video. Either it was on Rap City or the Box, one of those networks. I called Body Rock, you know, and, and with Tash most of. And I'm I'm sitting there. I, I love I love that track. I, I loved it so much, but I couldn't find where that 
song featured on an album. I was, I was just trying to find it. And uh, it wasn't until like maybe a year later after hearing that track, uh, I went to Rock Records downtown. And man, I was just, bro, I'm, I'm like, man, the, the song was just stuck in my head because I heard it again. I'm like, man, I got to get this on CD, man. I got to get this on CD. So one day I just uh, just happened to just looking for records and I came across Lyricist Lounge Volume 1. And I was intrigued, number one, by the album cover because I was like, oh man, this this looks dope. The album cover looks dope. I'm gonna just get it just because the album cover is dope. I didn't even look at the title tracks or nothing. You know, I unwrapped it, you know, put it in the CD player, got on the train, and I'm, I'm, li- I'm looking at the back of the CD and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> what? This song is on this album? Like what? And I, I, I went straight to Body Rock. I didn't even listen to, like, I listened to the first track and then I was like, kind of like reading through the press and everything. And then, dude, I was, I was like excited about that. But then I, I just like buckled down and listened to the rest of it. And I was just like, man, dude, this is a whole new world that I've never been in before. Like, this is like, these, you got all these MCs talking about like trashing like mainstream music that I listen to on a regular basis. And I'm like, who are these, who are these cats, you know? And then the other day, so it was going out. Yeah, who is these? Who's Bishop? And then, you know, you, you, you got De La Soul, like, I love the way they did the album, you know, that made it seem like you were actually going to a lounge and you had different hosts and uh, De La Soul was the host on one and then uh, Stretch Armstrong was a host on the second CD and it was just like, man, this is, this is amazing. <laughs> like, this is, you know, and then it was Cyphers outside, like you listening to the people's tracks and then you go outside and you're hearing like, Cyphers outside the lounge, Cyphers in the bathroom, like yeah. Cyphers in the studio. Like it was just that was a nice touch, man. That was it. Was, it, it just felt so authentic. So well put together. Yeah, yes, very authentic, very well put together. Our uh, like I've never like I, I usually get turned off by double CDs, but I was in that I can listen to from front to back. You know, that's one of the rare double CDs I can listen to from front to back. And uh, but I, I ain't gonna get too much into that. That's just how I got introduced. Okay, okay, Reggie, man, do you remember your first exposure to the Lyricist Lounge brand? Uh, yeah, um, believe it or not, can you hear me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I was. Uh, I mean, it was it was real something for me. I was in high school. Uh, I mean, this was the era of you know what I'm saying having your headphones, CD player. Little this man, you know what I'm saying, riding the bus, the train, or whatever. And you know, I think uh, you know, also in this era of high school, like it was the download era. It was the era where you were swapping, you know what I'm saying, CDs with your friends. And I think I just, you know, borrowed a CD from somebody at, at school, you know what I'm saying, and I hooked to it. And I just remember, you know what I'm saying, listening to it. You know, like back then, you might have had the CD for like a week or something. You know what I'm saying? But uh, I think I just remember listening to it. Like I stopped, you know, of course, on the way home, back and forth to school for that week that I had it, and it was just, you know, again, it was just like, you know, it was new to hear from, I guess, what was mainstream at that time. You know what I'm saying? It was just so different. So uh, that's what I remember of it. Mostly. Yeah, yeah. And correction, that was cool. Keep that. 
DJ that that emceed the second CD. Correct. So it, was, it was Stretch Armstrong that did the freestyle at the end of the first CD. My bad. Right. 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 With uh, Black Thought and then <clears throat> Pharaoh and all them. Yeah. yeah, for me, it was uh, my first exposure was uh, my homeboy Jay. Um, I was at his crib. He had it on vinyl. And oh, wow. Like, like he used to play it you know periodically we were just kicking uh you know just kicking it around drinking or whatever and it was because it was on vinyl it was like four different records it was like four different you know vinyls um because it was a double album but i never forget man it was like the sounds were just it sounded so gritty and unique and authentic and like even the MC's voices were like it was nothing like I was hearing on the radio and then the content was just different you know and you know it, it really uh for lack of a better term kind of popped my cherry to to underground hip-hop and some of those artists I had already heard about like obviously most Def, The Licks, Common, Black Thought I already knew about them but who I didn't know about I didn't know about Jurassic 5 or Indelible uh, Thurston Howe, I think this is the first time I heard Thurston Howe the third, Sir Menelik, AL, uh, who else? Punchline, uh, Wordsworth, that was my first time hearing them. Yeah, yeah Punchline and Wordsworth, Brooklyn Academy, Saul Williams. I, I, I became a big Saul Williams fan, uh, off the track he did on here, Mike Zoo. <clears throat> and you know, a lot of those, a lot of those MCs, like did go on to do bigger and better things but for a lot of them man like their careers kind of ended here like mm -hmm. it's kind of a shame like uh, like i never heard groups like natural elements cypher complete ever again outside of this disc you know what i mean or this compilation but man it just felt so so authentic you know because they kind of they did a good job of like immersing you into an actual lyricist lounge show because living in chicago it's like we didn't we, you know, we didn't have a lyricist lounge show. We didn't, we didn't have a, a MC showcase where MCs would come all over from the city and and battle each other. We we had like imitations, you know, and, and little pop ups here and there, but we didn't have anything with its own branding like that. And like making you feel, making the listener feel like you were part of the show and at the show was, I think, a dope touch. As far as that first compilation, because I've been having a ball revisiting it this year, just or this week, just going down memory lane. Who do y'all think was the better host, De La Soul or Cool Keith? I, I like I the think. introduction of Cool Keith better. <laughs> I think Cool Keith made me laugh more. Yeah, but De La De La felt more. Um, I don't know. I, I guess it was kind of cool that they were involved. It kind of gave the the compilation some um, some credibility. Not that it lacked that, right? Because these, you know, these guys could rap, but like you said, we didn't know them in a, in a lot of cases. If you weren't from New York, you were probably getting introduced to a lot of these MCs for the first time, so it would be really easy to dismiss them. So Daylight being the, you know, the first the first people you hear on it, it's like, okay, well, this is something I'm familiar with. So they're getting a cosign from some MCs I respect. Let me let me go ahead and listen to it, and you, you still got a lot of the daylight flavor, um, you know that we were used to. I just I think Cookie maybe maybe chuckle a little more. Daylight was an ultimate co-sign for this whole entire album, in my opinion. Yeah, like because that's what I mean. Soon as you hear their voices, you're you're already drawn in. You're like, oh, okay, so this is 
you know, at first I thought I was going to be getting some new Daylight tracks, you know, but they were just, you know, hosting. But the slept it's like on they part, were handing down a torch almost, you know. Yeah, yeah. 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 But the slept on part about Daylight and what made Daylight hosting sound like stand out was 88 Keys uh, playing those beats in the background. Yeah. Because I promise you, bro, some of those beats he was playing while like the, the, in between those breaks, I was like, man, I need that instrumental. Right. <laughs> so like 88 Keys really helped Daylight's like their part uh cool keep definitely was more fun here um than daylight but you know i just i, I like them both equally but i think i get the edge <laughs> to daylight yeah at the time when it came out i was definitely feeling daylight more as the host because they felt more on brand but now that i'm older like i, I love cool keith as a host like <laughs> I, I just i just feel you sounding kind of funny there right <laughs> <laughs> And then the sponsors, he was he was shout, shouting out <laughs> Cherry Halls. <laughs> what? Yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> I'm like, this dude is wild. But um, when it came to um, yeah, when it came to the the compilation, man, like, and it's funny because like the lyricist lounge legacy is kind of intertwined with the Ruckus like Ruckus Records legacy at that time, because uh, of course it was released through them. It, but it, yeah, yeah, man, it really captured the spirit of an age in real time. And, and to be, you know, on the ground and seeing the Lyricist Lounge brand kind of grow and flourish in real time while reflecting, you know, all the, you know, thoughts and creativity of kind of like the new underground counterculture that was frustrated with what they saw was going on in the mainstream hip hop scene. It, it just felt it felt special at the time it felt like like now we got something that's kind of like we could call our own you know what i mean and people who really appreciate lyrics can kind of lay claim to this scene and um yeah and just kind of have that it and like these people get us this label gets us like from that point on anything with that raucous logo on it was like a stamp of approval so i wanted to ask y'all did 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 your exposure to this particular brand of hip hop and this particular uh, showcase, speaking of lyricist lounge, did it inf influence your ear going forward with music? For sure. Um, I don't know if it was like direct through line lyricist lounge to um, underground hip hop. Like I, I was kind of gonna go for it anyway if i if i heard it but i was like you like it, it was more roughest than i guess lyricist lounge because the, the, that brand in particular didn't get much bigger than you know the two albums and we got the show and obviously they had the tours and stuff so there were mcs that you would associate with them um you know what now that i think about it i'm i'm gonna say yeah because i was a big Wordsworth fan after this I was I was about to try to argue that it didn't but I I disagree now that I think about it because I was seeking <laughs> out everything like that Wordsworth did whether it was with Punch or without Punch um, Thurston Howell I think those three in particular like I was all about whatever they were dropping so yeah yeah it definitely influenced my ear without me even realizing it yeah same for me too like i 
I didn't really want to hear no rappers unless they can hang on the same level as the rappers I was hearing on on here. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't really want to check for it. So, you know, and then, of course, it's like discovering certain artists like, you know, uh, associated with Lyricist Lounge or even Soundbomb. And it was like it took me down a further rabbit hole of other stuff. And, you know, Beat Miners took me down the boot camp click rabbit hole and dilated people's and now they they introduced me to alchemist and through alchemist i got put on to a whole lot of rappers you know even griselda you know with their connections to alchemist it's like that lineage is kind of still there you know that that, that kind of started there but <clears throat> yeah it was it was special you know it was truly special i don't think hip-hop will ever sound that raw ever again you know and um you know it, it did it did kind of influence how hip hop heads with similar tastes, you know, congregated and got together in other cities. Did y'all did y'all ever used to go to any of the Shy Rock events or even like Essence of Life uh, poetry readings in, here in Chicago? No, I never I made never, those. I've, I've, you know, had had other spots that we would go to, um, but I never made Essence of Life. Okay, okay. I was just curious. I was just curious. Now, now, as far as the TV show, what was y'all's thoughts on the TV show, The Lyricist Lounge? Uh, Tracy Ellis Ross was super thick. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea who she was. I just knew. <laughs> he was like, she's a star. <laughs> <laughs> and she was an way thinner back then. As most of us were, I suppose. But she still had... Uh, yeah, it still was. Uh, still was packing heat, even though yeah. she was much thinner. Yeah, chick from Blackish. She used to be on that show called Girlfriends or something. Yeah, she's good. She's an all star. She'll be <laughs> all right. I think. I think the kids going places. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't have cable, so I, I caught the show very rarely here and there, like friends' houses, and like I found it. You know, I found it entertaining for the most part. Like. I was like, oh, this is a cool creative way to kind of showcase MC talent. Like, I remember the uh, the skit where um, they came in or they they were robbing the bank, but then they were yeah. like rapping as <laughs> they were robbing the bank. I was like hilarious to me, you know. And um, and, and some of the skits kind of you know fell flat or whatever. And and for some of them, I was like, oh, okay, this is pretty funny. They, they kind of got something here, but. It didn't. It didn't last long. Um, I think what was it like a season and a half or something? Like two seasons. Yeah. Okay. Like but, when it was good, it was really good though because they were getting. It, um, it, it had some decent features. You know, it had. It was. Yes. It had some popular. You know. You know, guest appearances on there. So. But they were all spitters. They was all spitters. Yeah. 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 In, in the interview that Aunt Marshall and Danny Castro did, they were talking about like basically what buried the show like they wanted to, the network i think mt was it on mtv mtv yeah they wanted to um they basically wanted to bring in writers and like they were like they're bringing their own writers and like they were kind of like nah that's not really if unless they really coming from the culture you know like the other people we've had on the show it's like we don't really need other writers you know plus you got to pay those writers and the show just right. wasn't pulling in enough money to pay all the all the rappers that were coming on there and an extra writing staff so the show kind of just you know folded 
but you could still in my opinion you could still see its influence you know yeah. on shows today like like wilding out and you know like like other, other little you know goofy shows they they've done even with like the different you know battle leagues like url and k dot and lion's den like <clears throat> i think you still kind of see that lyricist lounge influence yeah but yeah man it was it was it was a special time for hip-hop and particularly independent hip-hop and um did y'all did y'all hear that story about when puff daddy he used to come down to the lyricist lounge and like q-tip was trying to convince him to sign mo's death did y'all hear about that oh wow that would have been awful oh that's news to me yeah i never heard that that would have been terrible yeah 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 i'm glad that didn't happen man that would have been big yeah. time yeah, we would have never uh, got black on both sides. <laughs> no way. He'd have just been writing, writing for Puff. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, that was that was one of the things from that from that yeah, <laughs> well, a little story. Right far, I've got traded to the Packers, and the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, as far as the. Uh, Lyricist Lounge albums, like the the double album, the first one, and then the second one. I wanted to do something I, I call the the Lyricist Lounge song draft, where y'all give me y'all's five favorite tracks from each disc or each album, however you want to do it, and just you know speak on, on what you loved about those tracks. So I give the floor up to y'all. Uh, Rodney, how about you go first? Okay. Um, so I, I'm gonna go with, with you know start off with lyrics and lounge one. I picked five from both since it's a double CD, so I did five from both because uh, it would be it was too hard to do just five from <laughs> both. Especially CDs. that first one. Yeah, yeah, it was too much heat. So I'm going to keep pouring. Love that track. Mm. Um, Body Rock, of course, because that's my introduction. I can't leave that out. Uh, Bathroom Cipher, which is like got me into freestyle and that was like the album that got me into wanting to write lyrics and put songs together and stuff like that so uh i really enjoyed that real uh, quick real quick on keep pouring I, I love that track too all i can remember was like one of the mcs sounded like he had a lisp he was still <laughs> dope he was dope he was dope i know he's talking about <laughs> but it was it, it was really dope really dope on, I lost my notes there. Yeah. So yeah, I got famous last words mm. by word of mouth. I love that track. You know that what? track is so I, grimy. <laughs> come on, man. Come on. And then uh uh No Matter featuring Prime. I like that track too. So that was like off the first uh lounge. And then off, off the second seat, off the second CD of the first uh lyricist lounge, I got uh Mayday. Just love that beat, man. That beat is so smooth. That that beat is really smooth. And and I didn't notice I was looking this up, but Ka had some contributions to that track. Really? Yeah. He, he was part of Natural Elements. He wasn't part of Natural Elements, but it say here in the note he featured additional vocals. So I don't know what that means, but he had some contributions to Mayday. So is what it is. Well, hey, hey, I that's that makes it even more dope to me because i'm a car fan so yeah definitely um then we got the manifesto how could you not have this like high tech with that beat uh talia Kuali's just 
delivery. It was actually, that was actually my introduction to Talib Kweli, that song. Yeah, uh, really? Manifesto. Yeah, that was my introduction to Talib Kweli. And I was just like blown away by his offbeat flow, the way he was putting words together, the the commandments about uh, what he was like, commandments about being a good MC. And it, it was really good. It was really good. Um, be okay. Mm, uh, yes. was, yeah, be okay was amazing. Um, how could you not like Bahamadia and Rod Digger on the same track? And that was another thing. It was like I already knew about Bahamadia because I got introduced to her watching the box, watching you know the box would play only local Chicago artists sometimes, you know. So oh, not Chicago artists, but like more underground artists and. Rod Digger, you know, just come on. And then I got uh, Outside the Lounge, which what I love about Outside the Lounge is another freestyle, right? Another group freestyle. And then they take you inside to the studio and they already, and, and then they hit you with a, like a, they just keep it going in the studio. It was just, it's just amazing. And then uh, the Jurassic Five track. Oh, you like that one? <clears throat> I just it, that was my introduction to Jurassic Five. I, I just it was something about them that I just love. I, I really enjoy, um, you know, the beat. I love their delivery. You know, it made me go get their first album uh, later on. And yeah, I really the album that, that disappointed everybody. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yeah. I was not happy. I, that was not a happy purchase by any means necessary. But hey, <laughs> they fooled me, huh? <laughs> so. All right, all right. And now, did you have did you have five songs from Volume Two, Lyricist Lounge Two, oh, which came out two yeah. years later? Volume Two, I got Make It Blend. Um, I got. Get up with the uh, Coco Brothers. That get that took me back. I used to love saying that Coco Brothers. Coco um, Brothers. <laughs> uh, this was a this was a. I know a lot of people didn't like this track. Uh, I did. I I like the Miss Fat Booty Part Two with Ghostface. I know it didn't sit it. well with a lot of. It folks. was cool. Yeah, on cool. my on my end on my end it didn't sit well with a lot of people. Uh, WKYA and then Legendary Street Team. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. All right, all right. I like that. All right, Jamil, man. Your for your lyricist lounge song draft. Uh, lay it on me, man. Uh, volumes one and two. You can do it per disc or you know per compilation or whatever. So I. Uh... I misunderstood the assignment. I I blended mine. I just got five, and it was hard. I just oh, I five <laughs> be, between between both projects, which was oh, which, volumes yeah. one and two. Yes, and you get yourself bruh, a brain fart, bro. I spent no lie, like an hour and a half. <laughs> I didn't even mean to do that to you, bro. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, it was tough it was for wild. me to pick five from one, so I just gave up and just did two CDs. And that's really what I should have did. I really should have did that because it was it was just it was difficult. It was difficult. 
Well, tell uh, you what, tell you what, do you need some more time to ponder it while I go over mine? Uh, because that's unfair, man, to have to choose just five tracks from both projects. Yeah, give me three give albums, me, basically. Give me, a, give me a couple minutes. Um, all right, all right, not a problem. To add to this. All right, not a problem, not a problem. I'll go through mine. So, okay, all right. All right, Rodney, I see your five. I raise you five. Okay, go all ahead. Right. Lyricist Lounge One, Disc One. I'm going with Decipher with Punching Words. Their their chemistry on that track is undeniable. I was a fan of both of them. More of a fan of Wordsworth because I thought he had the more interesting voice. But the two of them together just brought out the best in each other. The cipher and the beat was just so ill. <laughs> you ain't like him saying, I'm ill, literate. You illiterate. Illiterate. Pete, <laughs> <laughs> what you sold and knitted it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that that's that's definitely going down. Uh, second one, famous last words by word of mouth, just an, an immensely grimy track, and they just they they went in. They had dope voices, you know. They just they just kept it going. Uh, the 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 hook was very cleverly done. Yeah, man, not for the faint. This is hip hop, not for the faint of heart. Uh, track three, I'm going with Action Guaranteed with OC and Raz Cass love this track love this track this was the one track on the whole compilation that kind of had me kind of bouncing my shoulders a little bit like i can't remember if it was sean j period or 88 keys who did that beat do y'all know it was sean period it was sean j period okay um but yeah very melodic and dare i say radio friendly but oc and rascaz are two niggas with elevated pin games and like you know they rapping about getting their chicks and it was a cool track it worked you know it worked it fit it still fit, fit the album and the feel of the album um yeah. next one keep pouring keep pouring was who the diaz brothers was that who that yeah, was yeah yeah, yeah it was okay DSM. um yeah keep pouring like i said like one of the dudes had a list but he was still just spitting his heart out Love that track. Then I have live from DJ Stretch Armstrong freestyle um, with Common, Black Thought, Feral Munch, and Absolute. Great, great freestyle. Um, they they stay on beat the whole time, even though Stretch is clowning in the background. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, okay, and yeah, if he this- made Common break his uh, right. train of thought. Ha ha! But it was always one nigga in the cipher, in like in real ciphers, who was like just super animated and doing stuff like that. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, it was relatable. So yeah, yeah. I, and I, it was I, always somebody coming with a written <clears throat> comment. Yeah, well, I, I would say half written because he included uh, Black Thought's name. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, but. I would say like nine out of every ten common freestyles, like I heard this somewhere, you know what I mean? Or I'm gonna hear it somewhere. You know, that's, I don't that's, know if it's nine out of ten, but it definitely happens a lot. Hey, it I happens gotta, a lot though. Like uh, it might not have happened immediately, but then maybe like a year and a half later, I'd be like, yo, didn't he freestyle this verse on us and such? Right. You know. Real 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 quick, this is just this super random, but it is the most ridiculous thing I ever heard. Uh and text me like a couple of weeks ago out of nowhere talking about some comments the greatest rapper of all time and i said what <laughs> wow i put he's one of and then he suits me all of these like 
crazy gifs that you know making me look like i'm an idiot i was like you know i'm not gonna waste my breath with you bro like you know what rodney you should have been like you know what that's an interesting thought i'm gonna write it down put it in a letter and i'm gonna mail it to 1999 because <laughs> 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 he about 23 years too late on that opinion yeah, yeah. And it's like, if you think Common is the greatest now, like, bro, you probably just started listening to hip hop. Right. It just, just popped in Resurrection yesterday. <laughs> All right. <sighs> so this too, this too, I got Be Okay with Rodega and Bahamadia. Rodney already touched on it. Just <clears throat> two dope MCs going at it. Um, I feel Bahamadia kind of got washed on this. Well, she didn't get washed, but... She was definitely not the stronger MC. Oh no! Oh no! Nah. She wasn't. She wasn't. Don't be. Don't be so nice, man. Don't be so. And nice. Rodrigo was a lot more aggressive too, so it was. Yeah. It was going to be hard for her to stand out next to that. Yeah, yeah. But next. but they still they still mesh though. You know. Yeah. They still yeah. made it work together. They did. They did. And that beat from. DJ Scratch was just, it was just ill. I thought High Tech did that beat, but when I looked at the credits, it was actually DJ Scratch, but it sounds like a High Tech beat. Yeah. Um. Next up, I got Lyrics by AL. I think that's a very underrated cut on the whole compilation. I, I never really hear anybody talking about it, but it's one of the best displays of, you know, lyrical mastery you, you want to find. But yeah, Lyrics by AL. Next up, I got Holy Water by Lord Have Mercy and D.V. Elias Christ. Oh, um, that just missed my top five. I wanted to put that in there. So I thought bad. you were going to have that for sure, Rodney. I, I wanted to, man. He got to have Holy Water on there. But yeah, Holy Water is definitely, definitely on my list. You didn't hear Rampage. Don't I'm not Rampage. Lord Have Mercy doesn't have a whole, whole lot of material out there. But this is a track of his that's definitely worth checking out. I think he's better than Rampage. I, I think he was one oh, of yeah, the best ones than, out of flip mode. Oh, far better than Rampage. Yeah, it's like you just need him and Rod Digger, basically. <laughs> like, Pretty right. much. Right. Yeah, I used just to just fast forward to their verses <clears throat> on flip mode squad. So. Yep. Um, next up, I too have the manifesto with uh, Reflection Eternal. Um, this was not the first time I heard Talib Bali. I had heard him on a like an underground mixtape that like a, a DJ at my high school it was making and this he had like an advanced copy of um the black I, I don't know if he had the single or what but the 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 mixtape started out it was an actual tape it started out with like a KRS one intro and then it went directly into definition and then redefinition and um so I'd already knew about Talib Kweli but I liked what I got from Manifesto it's like he gave us like a 10 point plan of what you know all MCs should do if they're going to contribute to the culture and I thought that was just so dope like dang this nigga wrote a 10 point manifesto like yeah. <laughs> hence the manifesto okay next up I got Outside the Lounge love the way that beat changes up yeah yeah I like that too and the MCs they got on it were perfect. Lyricist Lounge 2, I have Making It Blend with Punchline. I'm sorry, with Wordsworth and Q-Tip. I thought the two of them together on the track was great. Like, you know, they just their voices really complement each other. I got Let's Grow by Royce to 5'9. Hot bars from Royce. An even hotter beat from Jay Dilla. 
Then I have I Committed Murder by Most Def and Macy Gray. I know a lot of people weren't really feeling this track, but I was feeling it. That was, I was a banger. That was a banger, dude. I was feeling it more than I was feeling Oh No. Take it easy. Because I got tired of Oh No. Like, Oh No was actually getting radio play and video play. Yeah, yeah. Like, I got kind of tired of Oh No. Uh, and then Nate Dog was the biggest name associated with the album. So, of course, they were going to push that. Right. Um, number four, I have The Cypher with Feel the Agony, Planet Asia, Menace, and Cobra Red. I think that's probably like the the dirtiest, most underground sounding track on Lyricist Lounge, too. Uh, yeah, so The Cypher. And then lastly, I got Legendary Street Team, the hidden track version with mm. MOP yeah. and Cool G Rap. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought the hidden track version was way better than the original. Yeah. I can't remember which was which. Uh let me see if I can pull it up. And then there's a question I want to ask y'all. Let's see, do I have it? Here we go. So the the remix version went like this. Okay, so that's the one I always associate with the first. Okay, okay. I know which one is which now. Yeah, yeah, I got that one. I got that one. The, yeah, and, I like and y'all, that version. I like that version. In y'all circles, was anybody hating on Lyricist Lounge too? Not really. I think it was people. They, yeah, go ahead. Uh, I think people either was rocking with it or they didn't know anything about it. Okay, okay. Well, in, in my circle, like the, the hip hop heads I was hanging with at the time, they was kind of they was kind of not rocking with Lyricist Lounge to a little bit because they felt it was too commercial. Right, I can see that. You know, you had JT Money on there, Pastor Troy, um, Nate Dog. You know what I mean? I remember niggas joking around like, "Man, is Lyricist Lounge three gonna have Missy Elliott on it?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like they was not feeling the addition of them them more well known MCs. But yeah, I was just curious funny that you say that though because she's definitely popped up on sound bombing is she she was on sound bombing three she was on the hook with that yeah she was on sound bomb yeah she was on sound bombing three wow i don't even remember that yeah i blocked sound bombing three like out of my out of my head and rightfully so that was one of the first we don't let's stay on lyricist now let's (laughs) back to that horrible memory Uh, um yeah, I think it was mixed around my circle. It was mixed reviews. Um, some people were rocking with it. Some others was like, oh, man, I thought this album was going to be good after I heard, oh, no. And then I listened to the rest of it. It was like, yeah, you wasn't no, because you ain't know what to expect. You didn't, If you didn't listen to the first Lyricist Lounge, you know, you either going to love or hate Lyricist Lounge, too. Right. And I thought Lyricist Lounge 2 was, was really good. I didn't think it was nowhere near better than the first one, but I, I didn't walk away feeling like I wanted to crack my CD in half with my teeth, like with Sound Bombing 3. <laughs> 
Yeah, Sound Bomber 3 was just, oh man. I, I, I remember looking at it in a store, looking at the cover, and because the, the cover had like this American flag overlay on the cover. I'm like, man, this ain't, this ain't what. Not a good sign. Right. This ain't the ethos that this scene is about right here. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I get it. It was post 9 11 and everything, but boy, was that disappointing. But yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to just revisit that, man. And, um, you know, give props to that movement, um, to the creators, of course, you know, who who thought to just be like, let's just do a weekly showcase where MCs just come and rhyme. And I remember in the interviews, they were saying like, none of the battles were staged. Like any battle that went down, it was because another MC wanted to get at another MC and they would try to make room for it. But they were saying that like, you know, they would have a, the place jam packed. It might be a hundred MCs in the in the spot on any given night. You know, a hundred. Wow. That's that's how much support they were getting. You know, but uh, but yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Jamil. I didn't get to your 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 top five. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't um, break them down disc by disc, just because I, I just can't spend all that time. <laughs> so I just added um, more to the five that I had. So between this one and this two, um, there was just lounge one I got uh, home. Mm. Um, I thought that was incredible. I like you was a big Star Wars fan. Um, it wasn't. I, I can't say it was specifically because of it. That was a dope track, and the production was crazy. Um, I got Mayday. We already we already spoke on why that was dope. Um, the Cipher. Uh, Be okay the manifesto and I got CIA which I don't think is mentioned oh no yeah with Zach De La Roca yeah yeah and uh Last Emperor who just shows up occasionally <laughs> and then disappears um and then I also got Bathroom Cypher and uh, Outside the Mount what those were probably some of my favorite tracks not necessarily lyrically but it just it was it was such a time capsule moment like it really did paint an image for you um if you were if you were you know rocking with him at that time it made it feel authentic and then if you weren't from that era like this is a perfect way for you to understand what that was like being between you know the show that was going on and cyphers that might break out at any any spot because the people in the crowd thought they were just as dope as the people on stage. <laughs> yeah, those were my, uh, I don't know if I said manifesto or not, but that might still be my favorite Quali song. Mm-hmm. Like as a solo. That, that, yeah. Definitely top three if it ain't, if it ain't number one, I have to think about a song. And then for, uh, Lyricist Lounge 2, um, I got Oh No. I know you got, got sick of it. I just the shock value of it because I really, really thought like who thinks that this is gonna work? It should not work in any way, um, but it did. I got a uh, sharpshooters with a uh, quality and dead press. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, battle with a uh, side Scott who is I don't know why he didn't do better. Like side Scott is dope, but you only ever hear him as a feature on an Eric Sermon track. Um, I got Making It Blend 
and uh, I've committed murder. Nice, nice. With a uh, with an honorable mention to um, uh, still here that big L joint. Oh, okay, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Also, there's a hidden track on here that's not named. This should be on there too because I always thought it was dope with RZA and Last Emperor. I forget the name of it. That song was cold, bro. On Lyrics' Lounge? Yeah, it was on Lyrics' Lounge too. You know what he's talking about, Rodney? Mm-mm. Oh, I never you heard probably of that. can't. You probably can't get it on streaming, but it was hit. It was a hidden track on there. I think it might have been called The Resurrector. Let me look it up. I'm, I'm going to see if I can find it. But that song was, that song was cold. Hmm, okay. Hmm. Right, I'll keep an eye out for that. The most definitely. Oh, last thing I want to say about the Lyricist Lounge, you know, showcase, compilation, the whole movement and everything. Um, it was also that it also hit that like sweet spot period where hip hop artists and spoken word artists could, could coexist. You know, before the spoken word scene got corny and you know, got just got just in flooded with posers who were just too too scared or too unskilled to rap. You know, you had contributions from Saul Williams and Sarah Jones, and both the poems were dope. And it was like it was one brand with what the lyricist lounge was about and what, what underground hip hop culture was about at that time. And uh, that was another thing I appreciated about it too. Like it, it had some real high quality spoken word pieces on there too. But, man, let's go right into our album face-off uh, for tonight. Um, I'm calling it the Battle of the Bully Rappers. And tonight I am putting the album Monkey Bars by Sean Price up against Ode to the Ghetto by Guilty Simpson. If you all cannot tell, this album matchup was uh, Jason Bate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but he did not show up (laughs) but so uh in one corner we got sean price's debut album his solo debut album monkey bars uh he is one half of the group helter skelter um the album was recorded or i'm sorry released june 13th 2005 on dug down records and clocks in at 16 tracks and 54 minutes Featuring production by Crisis, Knife Wonder, Moss, Rudy Rocks, and P.F. Cutting. And it's going up against Guilty Simpsons. Also, his debut album, Ode to the Ghetto, uh, released March 25th, 2008 on Stone's Throw Records. Clocking in at 16 tracks and 47 minutes. Produced by J. Dilla, Ono, Mad Lib, Black Milk, and Mr. Porter. So I'll give it up to you all, man, for this week's um, album face-off. Between these two albums, which one were y'all feeling more and why? Well, I'm going to get myself out of the way on this one because uh, <laughs> these albums came around a time where I was making uh, some transitions and I couldn't really <laughs> take a deep dive into these projects. I feel like they would have came out a couple of years earlier. I probably would have been all over these um but i'm gonna have to go with sean price just off based off memory muscle memory because i have listened to these albums just never took a deep like like they never stayed with me um i, I just like i don't know i'm just a I, i'm just a huge sean price fan man i i just 
love his his griminess all the way even to back to the helter skelter days you know i was a huge fan of their music and you know to see sean price go solo and put together some really good projects before his death you know you can't <laughs> you can't beat that uh even though i like guilty simpson a lot you know i always felt like he was slept on uh for many years coming out of uh He's originally from Detroit, right? If I'm not mistaken. Indeed. He's from, yeah. he's from Dilla's crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So always felt like Guilty was was slept on. I always thought he speaking of we was talking about featured artists uh earlier. The Guilty was dope as a feature artist back in the day, you know, in the underground scene. Always liked him, you know, listening to him still in the show on a lot of the records. But, you know, when you come out with an album called, you know, <laughs> Onion head, and you, the oh, first boy. thing that come out your mouth, <laughs> like pro, he say that part so hard, like like he struck fear into your heart with his lyricism. You know, like you felt like he was right behind you, just ready to rob you of everything <laughs> that you got. That's, that's how, what he said. That's who I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, focus rapping, like, you know yeah, yeah definitely so i'm gonna have to get an edge to the price you know i'm not i don't really have a say so in this one i know this was for jason i know jason probably would be going down my throat right now but I, i'm gonna go with sean price all right all right riding is riding with sean p so jamil i'm gonna give it up to you man between these two bully rappers and these two albums, Monkey Bars and Old to the Ghetto, which one were you feeling more and why? Pretty crazy because, like, Guilty is obviously a Sean Price disciple. Like, clearly. You know, this is, this is Dr. J to Jordan or Jordan to Vince Carter kind of deal. Uh, to the point that, you know, Sean P showed up on the Old to the Ghetto. It's kind of difficult because they're so close. I think... I think Sean Price is slightly a better MC, and he's got certainly more pedigree than Guilty did. Just, just from, you know, putting in work with the boot camp and all, click and all that. And it was, you know, an anticip- anticipatory album when our Monkey Bars dropped. So, I mean, how do you go with anything but that? Like this, Old to the Ghetto was uh, was better. <laughs> Because you broke my monkey ankle. bars. <laughs> I knew Jamil was gonna do that. Monkey bars is is a dope album, but it um it like a lot of albums suffers from an identity crisis. Like sonically, it's all over the place. Um, I would have, and he had no production on it. It just didn't have a, a, a particular sound, and um, that made it a little disjointed to me. Where with Ode to the Ghetto, for the most part, I mean, not like, not like the beat sounded repetitive, but you can kind of clearly hear a, a position sonically that the album was taking, and none of the beats really strayed that far from it, even though you had it spread out across several different producers. So that was that's what gives it the slight edge, in my opinion. That it was a little more consistent um, production-wise, like sonically, it was a little easier for me to listen to. Mm, okay. Okay. And both of them had terrible love songs on it. 
<laughs> Were they terrible? <laughs> terrible, terrible. But first of all, they super toxic. <laughs> um, I don't know. I would argue that Guilty Simpson was more progressive in his views. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he didn't he didn't call out a name in the title. <laughs> oh man okay all right so we got one for sean price one for guilty um man i loved revisiting both these albums um this was kind of like as i mentioned they're, they're coming out party a bit for for both the mcs um um and and sean price already had some status you know what i'm saying a little bit of cultural currency already because of his work with helter skelter but um guilty simpson man he was a complete newcomer but i felt both albums showcased their ability to provide some really diverse subject matter um on both albums they they had they classic you know go-to bully battle rap bars you know that's always enjoyable um and then as y'all brought out they they throw on some romantic songs or romantic in their own way but but you know still humorous and you know both sean price and guilty simpson showed a little humor on the album i think sean price showed more humor and it was, this was enjoyable man because they kind of cut from the same cloth you know and, and skill wise they're kind of at the same level lyrically being that being said i gotta give the edge to the guilty simpson i feel to date it's probably his best album maybe even no second best because there's another one out there that that's kind of contending for that title but i i just felt it had slightly more fire production wise you know and guilty's flow is a little bit more accessible a little bit more easy to listen to you know not that sean pease isn't but when when guilty gets in the pocket and he finds his comfortable you know pace he he really you know he could really like just be re- just a really easy MC to listen to. It's like you look up and it's like, man, I've already listened to six songs. It's like, you know, he he really is very easy to listen to. And Sean Price, he had a couple of tracks that felt a little like throwaways, you know, or maybe it was kind of early in the recording process for him, and maybe he was still shaking off the dust a bit. Songs like "Once Who Y'all" or "Fake Neptune." Or, or Madman. I felt like those were kind of like throwaway songs. And he was just kind of clowning around a bit on them, you know, especially fake Neptune. And I, that's just how I feel. You know what I mean? Like, whereas I felt like Guilty Simpson had no real wasted space on the album. Well, I'll, I'll just say this it had way less wasted space. And he did more with a shorter runtime. His album was 47 minutes, and I think Sean Price's was 54. And, you know, he he raps about just, you know, cool stuff. You know, he raps about having an insecure partner, you know, with tracks like She Won't Stay Home. Like, I love that track. You know, to take a doo-wop, an old doo-wop song and, like, flip that vocal sample and, like, make that the beat, you know. And um, that, yeah, I love She Won't Stay Home. And then the other track he did, uh, I Must Love You, you know, where he's singing the <laughs> and he's he's rapping about you know having a jealous partner you know and boy he busts love him because he keeps putting up with it you know i can't repeat none of the lyrics but <laughs> you know, like, well he could uh at least tell the story they were they were sitting down at red lobster and enjoying a meal exactly 
having a conversation. Make a tip. <laughs> Shut that bull ish up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then he raps about robbing people too in a way that's like just so catchy. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, it's just like, man, he's rapping about re- doing really terrible things, but like, man, I, I am bobbing my head. And then he raps about like the way people in his hood get money, you know, legally or illegally. He raps about, you know, cops on pigs. And, you know, he also reflects on his upbringing um, and, you know, his career with, uh, I think it's called The Real Me. And then he ends it with one of the dopest posse cuts I had heard in a while with the Almighty Dreadnoughts, this like crew, Mm -hmm. underground crew from Detroit. And man, that beat goes hard. You know, it goes hard. And he has a viable record single on here with Getting Bees. You know, the 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 edited version is getting riches, but man, that's a sick song, you know. But you know, with all due respect to the Sean Price, the Sean Price packed a punch too. It was an absolute genius move pairing up the boot camp click with the Justice League production team around that time for like phase two of their little career run and in their discography. Y- y'all remember that? Mm-hmm. Like Ninth yeah, Wonder and Crisis was doing like mad tracks for like- Buckshot. Yeah, Buckshot, Tekken Steel, you know, Sean mm-hmm. Price. Like that was, that was a little, you know, that was a re- really cool moment in hip hop for me. Like, yeah, that, that, that was cool to see. Cause, cause I think, I think their flows and that production like meshed, you know, very well. But the production team Guilty had was, oh man, it was, to me, it was just slightly better. You know, and... Yeah, and kind of untouchable, honestly. Yeah, yeah. But with, with most Sean P albums, with like the exception of his posthumous album, the production on Sean P's albums can get a little wonky, you know, and amateurish sometimes. Yeah, I know you're there for the bars, you know, you, you, you listen to Sean Price for the bars, but it's just nice to have that production, nice production to accompany it. And I think he kind of, you know, guilty, just kind of ran away with it on the production tip, you know. Did y'all have any favorite tracks from either one? Uh, robbery. Just how you got a hook. <laughs> you singing along about being getting sticking people up yeah <laughs> like it's a nursery rhyme um, <laughs> R-O-B <laughs> um, definitely pigs I thought that was that, that was a, a interesting turn of events because he's talking all this you know gangster 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 stuff and then on that track he's like nah I'm a citizen <laughs> sir I don't I don't <laughs> commit crimes. Um, let's see. Uh, Run off of the guilty with uh, with Sean Price on uh, uh, the Black Milk production. And then on Monkey Bars, On Your Head, I thought it was dope. Heartburn was interesting. He broke his rapper, you know. And Bye um, Bye. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah, Bye Bye was dope too. Bye Bye was dope too. Man, I forgot about that one. Okay, I'm gonna go with for guilty. I'm gonna go with robbery. I'm gonna go with. I'm actually gonna go with footwork. I'm gonna go with. Get I was kind of that one. You I said like what? He, I felt like he was biting a little bit. Really biting off who? That's just a Chicago thing. Let me see your footwork. I mean, he uh-huh. slowed it down for the track, but I'm like, I don't do that in Detroit. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Yeah, robbery, footwork, Gibby's, I must love you, and the real me. For monkey bar. Uh, I'm gonna go with onion head. I'm gonna go with uh, heartburn. I'm gonna go with boom bye yeah. Bye bye. And, and oh, and the tr- title track, Monkey Bars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that goes hard. All right, Rodney. Anything you want to say in closing on these two albums? And just stay, just stay clean in these streets, y'all. Just stay clean <laughs> in these streets. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Watch your back and watch your chicks too. Or, or let me clean that up. Watch your riches. Right. <laughs> Very well, very well. All right, then. So we got two for Guilty, one for Sean P, man. Um, at this time, we're going to go ahead and cap off this episode like we always do with another segment of What You're Bumping, where I invite y'all to share with the listeners what you've been bumping for the past week or so. So Rodney, man, this week, what you been bumping? Uh, so I did, um, I actually been doing sets on Twitch every week, every Monday, uh, called Monday morning, Monday morning coffee vibes, uh, name is kind of too long still figure out how to shorten it but uh actually Ian you you inspired me to do a Zion um tribute so I did a little Ah, nice I typed yeah just tapped into some of my favorite beats from the Zion collection and just mixed them all together and then I kind of backtrack I did uh this to the Robert Glasper after the um Black Radio Recovered where they it was like remixed versions of Black Radio One. Uh, I don't know if y'all heard that version. Nah, might check that out. Oh man, it's really good. It's really good. Uh, Ninth Wonder did a few tracks on that, and then you know Robert has some contributions to that. And then uh, the Joey Bad Two Thousand, really good. Um, the you know. New Lupe is still in the rotation. And then um, a couple of new tracks that I'm going to be reviewing in the next. Well, I'm actually reviewing Stimulator Jones' new album in my next Coffee and Beats episode. So. Oh, man. You should. Man, I would love to chalk them for that. <laughs> hey, hey, shoot. We could hit it up on Magnificent Vibes. I don't mind doing two at a deeper oh, dive. But, um,. Yeah. And then uh, it's this artist named, it's not hip hop, but it's a new artist. It's this artist named Lil Silva. He kind of, he started off doing a lot of house um, music in the beginning of his career. Now he's kind of branched off doing some other stuff. He just dropped a new album. It was like in my recommends. And I'm like, oh man, I ain't listened to this dude in a long time. So I listened to it, it was okay, but you know, it is what it is. And that's it. Oh, right. oh, 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 and um, uh, and you're gonna be very proud of me. Uh, to you'll be proud to know that what will not be number one on my best hip hop albums list by the end of this year is the new uh, Korean Town Audi album. <laughs> Good, thank God. Cool. Cool. 
<laughs> now you guys know how I felt about the first one. This new one he got, uh, is this for real? Oh my God, I can't, I can't finish it, dude. It's so bad. Oh, it, wow. I, I can't, I can't get into it, man. I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't like the concept. I, I don't know. Uh, it's, it didn't do well for me. Maybe, maybe because the Joey was so good and it was kind of like, I, I listened to it right after the Joey and it was just like, ugh. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stay clear of that, most definitely. Jamil, this week, man, what you been bumping? I've been on a bunch of R&D stuff lately. So not really a whole lot of albums at all. I think it was mostly just like random playlists. It was more like I would pick a song that I went to hear and then just let the let Spotify give me a, um, a playlist based on that. Um, the outside of, take care of the rest. Yeah, pretty much. But I did listen to a couple of albums. Listen to that uh, E-Jones Deadstock 3, the premiere EP, Hip Hop 50, um, Boosie Collins. I liked it a lot, uh, a whole lot. Like, it's probably too short to make any lists for me, but it was pretty dope. Um, went back and listened to uh, Joy, Tennessee Slim is the Bomb, the album is just incredible. I keep going back to that. And uh, was bumping donuts the other day. You got to get out when it's been every once in a while. got to play that once a year. Yeah, at it, least. It's a must. At least. That and welcome to me. Detroit. Yes, indeed. All right, all right. You mean gotten into some oldies but goodies? Okay. All right. For myself, I too have been bumping the DJ Premier, uh, Hip Hop Fifty. I, I love this EP. Just you know, I mean, it's only five tracks, but man, he gave us a nice hot five tracks. It's like, I really wish he could have given us five more or maybe seven more, and, you know, and we could have got an actual DJ Premier album. But I like what I got. Also, you, was, real quick, Ian, he, I, I saw his interview with, uh, he actually interviewed with Fantano last week. And oh, he did he? Break, yeah, 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 yeah. It's on It's on YouTube. Um, he actually breaks down the whole concept of what he's doing with this. Uh, and he said, he did say it was hard for him to only do five tracks uh, because he's so used to doing like 20 songs. you know and dropping it you know what I mean so he said it's going to be a line of different producers for each five tracks that they're going to drop I guess I don't know if it's going to be a weekly thing or it's going to be a bi-weekly thing but you know he dropped his first and then it's going to be other producers dropping theirs that's dope okay all right all right so there's more to come from him, basically. Yeah, it's more to come. It's more okay. to come. So don't worry That's about it. That's good to know. Okay. Uh, I also been bumping Outkast, Equimini, just because I, I have to listen to that album at least once every July all the way through. So yeah, I was bumping Equimini. I was bumping the new West Side Gun. Uh, Peace Fly God. Enjoyed that thoroughly. Um, I was bumping the new Yoro Drew track, The Return of Sasquatch. Very fire track. I think he takes a shot at Black Star in that track. How <laughs> dare oh, the nerve? Yeah, when he said I do real songs with Mad Lib, not no Dropbox files. I was like, ooh, <laughs> that's that's. I know who he's talking about. Um, I've also been bumping the new Murr single, Breaking Glass. 
very dope track him describing his attraction to pregnant women very interesting track um <clears throat> but i f's with it um i've also been bumping the new stimulator jones round spiritual ring man god dang this dude done it again like i, I love this album. better and better with every album i love better this album better i was also bumping lyricist lounge one of course just going down memory lane with that and i was bumping duke ellington blues and orbit a very very dope jazz album um i got to see some landmarks of his when i went down to dc a couple weeks ago and that was pretty cool that was pretty cool and then of course i've been jumping bumping the new joey b 2000 it's probably hmm, if, if i had to rank it it's probably 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 my least favorite joey b project so far but it's not a bad album um i just think he tried some new things and is is kind of like swinging for a little bit more mass appeal right now um but i still got you know the joey b that i like you know he, but he he definitely tries some new stuff on there but yeah that's that's what i've been bumping yeah i agree it's not his best but yeah it, it's 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 not whack at all <laughs> no, no 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 not 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 by any means um jamil you got any album anniversaries for us a lot for show, for show. So starting with five years, uh, so that puts it in conversation for being able to be a classic, although it's not really uh, Flower Boy, Tyler the Creator. I'm simply saying that it got five years, not that it's anywhere near a classic. <laughs> uh, celebrating 10 years, uh, Blue and Exile, maybe one day. Hmm. Nice. 15 years. Uh, Black Hollywood by Camp Lowe. Oh, wow. Right. Uh, 20 years. Beat Nuts, The Originators, and Jean Grey, Attack of the Attacking Game. That was 20 years ago? 20 years ago. And shout Man, out to Rodney for putting me on to that album. That made me feel so old, Jamil. <laughs> me too. Oh, yeah. I know. I remember. I remember putting you, man. I remember it. Sitting in, your, in, in the kitchen. Yeah, put me on to this album. Dude. It was love at first sight with her. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah shout, shout out to shout out home. to Jane Gray. I got in the uh in the avatar tonight. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> right. I peak. Um <laughs> celebrating 25 years. That's not Quelly um, Chris, is it? <laughs> yeah, that's him. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> uh celebrating 25 years. Uh Puff Daddy and the Family, No Way Out. Which wow. is actually a surprisingly solid album to Puff. Um, it, and it, Com- that it was a good album. And Company Flow, Fun Crusher Plus. 25. 25. And although this one technically did not make 25 this week, I would be remiss if I did not mention it, even though it was last week when we were off the air, celebrating 25 years this week. Super Duper Fly. Oh yeah, it sure did. It sure did. Shout out to Missy. That's crazy. Hey Jamil, I got another one for you. I don't. I don't know if you guys were airing when the around July, earlier part of July. I think it was either July 13th, some somewhere along the lines. Um, Peyton Full turned 35 years. Yep. 
Yep. That would have been uh, early July. Yeah. Early July, which is crazy. Crazy. And everybody's talking about this, you know, Usher's Tiny Desk, man. I've been telling people, go back and watch Rakim's Tiny Desk, dude. Yeah. It it was one of my favorite ones. Yeah, I missed that one. Tiny Desk. Um, I don't like Lizzo, but her Tiny Desk was dope. Anderson Pax was dope. Freddie Gibbs was dope. Freddie Freddie Gibbs was dope. dope. Yeah, I like his too. I like Tiny Desk is just a good series like i've enjoyed that more than i haven't because it doesn't overstays as welcome when you, when it airs it's just like people just go in there do two or three simple songs and then just head out which is yeah. perfect for me yeah shout out to tiny das man they underrated <laughs> yeah big time, they did. big time celebrating 30 years this week uh house of pain because i know you like the guests in I don't and, like them uh, guests. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was a bad way guess. too right, way too funky by DJ Quick. Oh snap! And uh, hey, man, which Cypress Hill album? No, 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 no. House of Pain. Oh, House of Pain. Okay, I'm sorry. I got the yeah. Um, celebrating 35 years this week. Too short. Born to Mac. Classic material, if you ever heard it. However, that is not for the children. Should have told my stepfather that. <laughs> <laughs> I just sent, I just sent the two of y'all a picture of something I meant to send y'all earlier in the week. Um, <laughs> Jamil, I know you appreciate. It. <laughs> They're so unconcerned with it. Yeah. <coughs> my man. My man just said whatever. Uh, he's just bored. And Luke just <laughs> having a conversation. Like, like, like nothing is going on around. This will go down into my den of iniquity. <laughs> right. Uh, Lil, Kim, wow. Lil' Kim was probably next. Right. <laughs> Back when she looked like a human being. Yeah. All right. So that is the show. Thank you for those album anniversaries. We will be back next week with some more topics and another album face-off. And we're going to keep this show rolling, man, for, for, for season 14, man. Hopefully we don't go the way of Jesus and Miro. But uh, <laughs> I need to talk about my contract again. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I forgot they broke up. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> But yeah, we gonna uh, we gonna try to keep the show rolling for y'all. And Rodney, Jamil, uh, Reggie had to tap out, but to all you fellas, thanks for carving out some time and sharing y'all's commentary on the show today and making it what it is. Much appreciated. And I will bid you adieu, and I will say peace. Fate was to be great. Had he escaped from the chains that brought him to the states? To save face, he made more than a few mistakes while back chasing his roots like Henry Louis Gates. Respectfully, the trajectory he remained in it. He tried to walk on water instead of wading it. He been from cradle to grave. He's been a king and a slave. The menagerie of America, he was made in it. Instead of waiting for Superman, his people had a plan. They were sticking it to the man whose energy was spent like solid gold boomerang. Cause everything he did came back like a boomerang. A ruler without a throne. The ruins are not a Rome. 
intruder without a home, a heart made out of stone, a blade made out of bone, and skin of a copper tone, a loner but not alone, the child that's got his own, N-O-I-R. On. His spade was brave, he wasn't afraid to press on Neither was his child because he had raised a weapon They aimed at the same prize, his eyes were kept on Surviving on soup kitchens, red lines and newspaper clippings Where he was in the headlines for being degraded, segregated and redlined And blue collar crimes that could have got him fed time With funds is critical and sons is killable That unfulfillable, 40 acres are tillable To make it in general would have taken a miracle I pray for the earth, the day the meek will inherit you A singer that says rejoice but couldn't lift every voice Deciding your life or death is making a heavy choice and lifting a heavy weight with so much hell and hate that every day I await is reason to celebrate N-O-I-R.